Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Straight Talk Radio, where we discuss business, politics, and culture. This is Donya Keating. I'm your host, coming to you live from the Seattle area. It's about 4 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time on Thursday, August 8th. If you are listening live and you want to join the discussion, just call in at 929-477-2404. We'll see how it goes from there. Uh, Today, we are going to talk about Bainbridge Island Girl Up. It's a uh, leadership club here for middle and high school girls, and our guest is Meryl, who is the founder and the president, and um, I think that's about as much of a lead-in as I'll do since we prefer she do most of the talking about who they are, what they do, where they're going from here, and what listeners can do to engage and, and be a part of the solution. And just a quick housekeeping item, um, it doesn't look like the chat is working. Something really wonky happened there, so... Um, if you want to call in live and ask a question or make a comment or something like that, you can do that. Of course, as is the usual policy, if you call in and you act really weird, you're probably just going to end up airlocked. So there is that. Um, I think she's out there right now. Let's welcome Meryl. Welcome. Thank you. Oh, awesome. You're here. So let's just jump right in. And what is Girl Up? So Girl Up is a leadership initiative founded by the United Nations Foundation in 2010. There's a global community of partners that work with achieving gender equality worldwide. The clubs are mostly in high schools or on college campuses, although there are some in middle schools too. The members of the clubs are champions for change and their efforts have had a huge impact on girls around the world. So um, what are the ways in which the girls become prepared for this? Well, through education, fundraising, advocacy, and service, we're able to develop the leadership skills necessary to make a positive difference in the lives of girls everywhere, whether that's locally or in other parts of the world. The mission is to empower us to lead and advocate on issues of importance to us. So when did you start your club, and who are your members? I founded the Bainbridge Island Girl Up chapter this past December, and we have 10 members and an adult advisor. Right now, I'm the president, and Hattie Wolfes is the treasurer. She's going into ninth grade, and I'm entering 10th. Another member who is relatively active is Grace Heffron, and she's in middle school. We're still trying to get more girls to join, and for those who have joined, to follow through. Yeah, that's always a challenge, uh, especially in the nonprofit or volunteer world. I mean, I'm sure you heard that it's sometimes better to direct your energy towards getting the right people in the room than to try to keep getting those people who aren't showing up to engage. Yes, I've heard that, and I have learned it. It was very frustrating for a while, and in many ways it still is. I take my commitment seriously, and some of the people who joined and left were friends, so that was a little bit of a letdown. But you have to keep moving forward, especially if it's something important. And for me, it is. We're the future, and if we don't step up, who will? So is 
Is that why you started the club, basically? That's part of the reason, yes. But I had some challenges in my friendships with girls when I was younger, being ostracized or excluded and some emotional bullying. I felt some of that was people acting out from a wounded place and feeling they needed to compete. It's not that I wasn't competitive. I was in sports and a lot of other things. I just didn't feel as if I had to cause harm to someone else to get where I wanted to go. Um, well, that is a good point. I mean, if you have self-esteem and you're centered and secure in who you are or you you know, have some type of purpose, you're more likely to interact with yourself and others in a healthy manner. And, I, you know, there was something uh, today or yesterday, there's somebody that we uh, know that's a coach of a cheer team, and she was talking on Facebook about how her cheer team, they're athletes, but they had also won a leadership award. And she was saying, you know, we have a very kind and inclusive squad, and you know, people started to comment to her in kind and say, you know, the reason why you have a, a a team like that is because you are modeling that behavior. You are modeling that leadership. And I think that sometimes, unfortunately, especially when you're talking about sports uh, events you or sports teams, you have coaches that, that don't. I mean, they – you know, pit the uh, team members against one another. They're not very uh, transparent about some of the things that they're doing, like some of them get to go here versus there, and they don't really open the floor up so that everyone can have a chance to aspire to a certain level so they can be, you know, the beneficiary of a trip or of a certain tournament or whatever. And, you know, when you see someone that's being excluded, I mean, you have to kind of set the example and go over there and say, you know, keep that person involved. Then you kind of have to walk your talk. But, you know, not to get off point on that, I just think that um, – you know, you're, you're making a, a a really good point here about making sure that you have a club that, um, you know, that has girls that, that interact that way. So, again, like I said, if you have that self-esteem and you're centered and secure, you know, then you're more likely to interact with people in a, in a more healthy manner. So, Yes. I thought if more girls had the opportunity to be leaders on issues important to us, they would relate to one another in a more positive way with self-confidence and no interest in harming one another to gain what is often a superficial level of competitive advantage. Yeah, it's very superficial. I mean, sometimes it's for male attention or it's for whatever, but, you know, eventually we have to learn that we're on the same side here. So good call. And you mentioned earlier that the clubs are in the high schools and the college campuses, but yours isn't. Right. Most clubs are directly affiliated with high schools or colleges, and the advisor is usually a teacher or school counselor. I chose to form an independent club so middle school girls could participate earlier in the process, which helps us create a pipeline of leaders so they're ready once they enter high school. It also gives older girls the chance to mentor younger ones. Together, we learn to hone our public speaking and fundraising and event planning skills for future impact. Um, so do you meet monthly, quarterly, and where do you meet? So far, we've held two meetings, one in January, and the most recent one was in June. We met or meet at Island Cool Frozen Yogurt, and they've been great to us. I think it would be good to meet at least quarterly, but we can also use virtual tools so we don't always have to drive or be driven to a physical location. That makes a lot of sense in a 21st century world. And, you know, maybe you end up getting more members in the area if they feel like they don't have to drive somewhere and they can just, you know, go in the Skype or uh, do something like a Google Hangout or something and, and you can get your business done that way. Now, I see from Girl Up's main website that there are five impact areas it primarily focuses on. Yes, education, health, 
safety and violence, leadership, and being counted. Being counted. That's an interesting way to put it. Can you describe that one first? So in some countries, organizations that try to make an accurate assessment about access to education or poverty levels can't do it because there's no official data on women and girls. Most developing countries don't account for the number of girls in their population, so they don't have birth certificates or other forms of official ID. Because of that, it's harder for her to go to school or get a job, own land, start a business. She can't vote. So many things we take for granted. When these girls become women, they're confined to their homes, unpaid, and become invisible members of society. So um, what does Girl Up do about that? In 2013, Girl Up launched an effort to educate policymakers on the importance of counting girls and advocating for policies that commit to supporting and promoting programs in developing countries that establish and expand national registration and identification systems. So I would imagine... Interesting. I would imagine not being counted or basically being invisible, which is what it sounds like, would also impact other areas that you are addressing with Girl Up? Yes. In some countries, more than half of girls drop out before they reach the sixth grade, or they don't even have access to education and are confined to the home. They don't have money for school supplies, mandatory uniforms, or for traveling long distances between their home and school. Girl Up helped Somali refugee girls in Ethiopia receive school materials, solar lamps to study at night, and scholarships to attend school. They were also able to build toilets and create access to water in school so the learning environment was safe and healthy. In India, adolescent girls are often not allowed to go to school, especially in rural areas. Girl Up helped provide life skills and job skills for girls and women and created a network of adolescent peer educators so that girls can help reach and teach other girls. You know, it's an interesting point that, you know, a lot of times when we talk about education and trying to help other developing nations, we our thoughts automatically go to, you know, let's send money, let's get, you know, send school supplies, let's send them books or whatever. And, you know, it, it's we don't necessarily think about the fact that there are other things, um, you know, hindering their ability to, to get an education, like the uniforms you mentioned, or having to travel long distances or not having light or, or not having a water source. So, and interesting that you brought up the, the peer-to-peer part. So when you talk about creating a club so girls can advocate for themselves and lead, and in the case of education in other parts of the world, that means having to teach one another or they won't even receive an education. Unfortunately, true. It's one of the five impact areas because girls don't always have a say in decision, decisions that affect their lives. They really should have the right to participate in their communities and stand up and be role models for other girls. But in many countries, the moment girls are old enough, especially if they're poor, they are made to cook, clean, and care for their younger brothers and sisters. In Malawi, Girl Up helped create girl-only youth clubs and programs where they can receive vocational skills training and mentorship opportunities. They have mock parliament activities to learn about their government and civic engagement and how laws against practices like child marriage can help protect their rights. When older teen girls graduate from tailoring or carpentry or cosmetology training programs, 
they are given supplies like a sewing machine and scissors so they can succeed. Okay. So, you know, basically a community has to be ready for this level of progress, though, right? So if they're not, you know, women or whoever it is out there, you know, that are they're attempting to bring change, they can face political pushback, they can face – um, you know, uh, any kind of policy blockade. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen, you know, even even being harmed physically, I would imagine. Yes, it can become a safety issue. And safety and violence is already an issue and impact area because violence against girls and women is common. Just walking back and forth to school or going to get water can put girls at risk. 14% of girls' deaths aged 15 to 19 are due to violence and 70 million girls worldwide have said they were the victims of physical violence by the age of 15. And one solution has been to provide increased access to firewood, water, and toilets so girls don't have to travel far from their home. Another is providing safe spaces so girls can be with one another and mentors to lessen their worry about becoming a victim of violence. Okay, so you also mentioned health which also seems to be pretty obvious. Yeah. Some girls never information or services, or they can't afford to see a doctor or need to travel long distances to reach a clinic for care. Maternal mortality is the second leading cause of death of girls aged 15 to 19, and nearly 14 million adolescent girls aged 15 to 19 give birth each year. What Girl Up does is help create programs where adolescent girl leaders are trained to be peer health educators so they can teach others about health and nutrition and about the prevention of domestic violence, teen pregnancy, HIV, and sexually transmitted diseases. Girl Up also trains healthcare workers on how to supply services to girls. So once again, you're talking about having to come together, these girls, and teach and take care of one another in a peer-to-peer environment. Um, because obviously if you wait for somebody to do something for, for you at that level, you might be waiting a long time. So um, I think it's uh, an indication of their resilience and also a, kind of an innovative way of, of making sure their needs get met. So um, what are the countries that you guys, the focus countries that you guys are dealing with at Grow Up? The focus countries are Ethiopia, Guatemala, India, Liberia, Uganda, and Malawi, but our club will address anywhere we see a need, including our local community. Do you have any idea why they selected those uh, countries, or they were just, maybe they're the worst off or something? They have seemed to be the worst off with these kinds of issues. Yeah. So um, you talked about different focus areas. Do any of those jump out at you or any particular one jump out at you in in any way? Education. Because there was a STEM for Social Good initiative when I first formed the chapter, and I strongly support that as a girl who's been coding since first grade. I'm a youth mentor for West End Coder Dojo, and I'm in leadership and on the mechanics sub-team for the high school robotics team. I'm a strong advocate for having more girls in the STEM field. So, um, okay, so, yeah, and that's kind of, it's a hot-button issue right now, too, obviously. Um, what are some of the initiatives or the actions your club has taken on education or in STEM and getting girls involved? 
In March, we partnered with the high school robotics team on its annual open house and talked to girls about getting involved. Next week, we are partnering with Girl Scouts during their camp with STEM activities. In September, I hope we have enough interest girls to participate in Girls' Generation Robotics Competition. We've also reached out to the Boys and Girls Club, and I had a meeting with the Park District's Teen Center, where we're coming up with an event or initiative to put in the catalog so we can reach as many girls as possible across the island. So many women and girls uh, do get involved in STEAM, but, you know, as a lot of studies and articles um, discuss, they end up leaving. So um, what what are your thoughts on that? Right. Um, Girls may take STEM classes or get involved in the field, but they lose interest over time where they leave. And we need more role models and hands-on experience and encouragement to stay motivated because it's still a male-dominated industry and there's a bro culture. Working with West Sound Koto Dojo in a mixed-gender setting has been great because everyone gets used to working alongside one another, but we still need to do more. Yeah, you that... Um... So, Girl Up, um, and I suppose by uh, proxy, Bainbridge Island Girl Up, you know, there is some blowback out there um, on the Internet and elsewhere that because it is an organization for gender equality, that by definition it also is anti-male. And what I do like about uh, Girl Up is that it has not adopted that tone. And even though it's been, you know, obviously inaccurately accused of doing that, it, it hasn't. And there's there's cer- certainly a school of thought out there that in order for girls or women to rise, it doesn't mean that men have to take a backseat or that men have to be attacked or that it's anti-male. It's really about them, women and girls, trying to come into their own and, and basically be treated equally. So I'm glad that that is the tone that Girl Up and Bainbridge Island Girl Up uh, has adopted. And I also like the mention of West Sound Coda Dojo because obviously there are a lot of different initiatives out there. Some of them are um, single-gender environments, and they suit that particular purpose. But what I have found um, involved with West Sound Coda Dojo that I really enjoy is that everyone there gets used to working alongside one another, which makes it a lot easier for them typically to transition into the workplace where they're going to be working alongside you know men and women and so forth. And, and maybe, I mean, it's, it's not something that's com- – entirely proven at this point, but maybe that's uh, one of those things where, um, you know, women will stop dropping off as much, so we'll see. But um, you and your club treasurer went to the Leadership Summit in Washington, D.C. this past July. Tell us about that. Yes, we attended from July 15th through the 17th with over 450 girls from around the world. This was Mm -hmm. Girl Up's eighth annual summit. And we were mentored by experts, thought leaders, celebrity champions, and women trailblazers while working on better ways to serve our communities. The final day was the day of action, and I was on the lobby day team. We learned how to have effective meetings with members of Congress. Then I spent the day on Capitol Hill lobbying them to co-sponsor H.R. 2153, the Keeping Girls in School Act. I also had the opportunity to tell them more about Girl Up and what our Bainbridge Club was doing. That's good. I heard about, so, I mean, tell me, we don't talk about it, but every time you told somebody you were going to Washington, D.C., what was the first thing you heard? (laughs) 
wow, it's going to be hot. That was probably the most yeah. common. Right, and it was hot, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very hot. And humid, and you know, of course, I don't know how many people go to Washington D.C. on a regular basis, but when you're going in and out of places like you know Capitol Hill or whatever, you always have to empty out you know your water. You can't bring your food in, things like that. And so, if you're on the hill all day long, and unless you got you know some really immediate access to water fountains or things like that, I mean, you're pretty much running out of water very quickly. And and when it's hot and it's humid, and you're being transported at the end of the day back on a bus or whatever that may or may not have um, air conditioning, it could be very very unpleasant. So, um, so what were the other teams? And um, Hattie went with you. So, what did she do? Hattie was on the storytelling and communications team and went to pitch stories to Huffington Post. There was also a STEM for Social Good team, which went to a local tech company in DC to pitch their STEM solutions, and a local community impact team, which went to a local organization to meet with employees and tour the site to understand their operations. Then they spent time volunteering to serve the community. So um, that sounds good. What are some of the other things that you've done um, with Bainbridge Island Girl Up or are doing? Well, yeah, it's a list. Um, In February, we received a mayoral proclamation declaring March 2019 as Bainbridge Island Girl Up Month. And uh-huh. in May, we partnered with Hattie Rose during Girls' Day Out to promote our club and raise money. Uh-huh. We also participated in Girl Up's Community Service Challenge about safety from violence for girls with Bainbridge Family Martial Arts Academy. And we promoted the free self-defense classes for teen girls. And I interviewed the owner, Sifu Rick. In June... I did a podcast with Bainbridge Community Broadcasting, and we had a booth in Pulsville's Day of Positivity to spread the word about our club and Girl Up. We had about four ice cream fundraisers, one in partnership with Z-Bones and Ketchup Humane Society in Winslow Green, and the other three were at Hattie Rose, um, one on the 4th of July. Oh, and we also volunteered at the Bainbridge Rotary Auction in July as well. So um, a couple of things. When you mentioned Hattie Rose, because you talked about Hattie earlier in our conversation, you're not saying that the fundraisers were at Hattie's home. Her um, mother has a store on Winslow Way in Bainbridge, and it is called Hattie Rose. It's named after Hattie, but it's, you know, just wanted to make sure everybody understood that there was a difference, that it was a business participating and sponsoring your fundraiser, right? Yes. Yeah. And then the second thing I wanted to mention is you talked about the um, free self-defense classes for teen girls with Bainbridge Family Martial Arts Academy, and you have a relationship with that academy. Do you want to tell us about that? Sure. So I have been taking self-defense classes for about eight or nine years, and I did get my black belt from there last June. Awesome. Okay. So when you talked about raising money, doing these fundraisers, are you you were raising the money so you could go to the summit? Is that it, the leadership summit? That plus club expenses for our website hosting, printing flyers, Facebook ads, or getting promotional items to spread the word and grow a club. So when you uh, – okay, so basically what you're saying, did your – I'm assuming that your cost for the leadership – Summit may have been covered, may have 
not been completely covered, but I think the point I'm getting at is are you still taking or needing donations or sponsorships in order to cover your expenses, or where are you guys with that? Yes, definitely. We're still taking donations and trying to get sponsors. And where do you uh, – where does somebody go to your Facebook page? How do they get, How do they go and donate? Is it your website or – Yes, Bainbridge Island Girl Up has its own website, which is com, where you can donate oh. directly through there. Okay, awesome. So uh, hmm, is there anything else coming up with you guys? Well, uh, Girl Up has a reading club challenge to raise awareness about the lack of access to education for more than 130 million adolescent girls around the world who don't have the opportunity to go to school. And to rise to the challenge, we are asking middle and high school girls to read up to three books and join us at Bainbridge Public Library on August 29th in a discussion about the empowering messages and implications in each. I also met with a Rotarian who is in charge of the literacy program, and we talked about partnering with the International Committee to maybe send books to girls in Africa or India or raise funds so they can buy them. Okay. And uh, you talked about three books. What are the books? The first book is I'm Malala, The Girl Who Stood Up for Education and Was Shot by the Taliban. The second book book is The Book Thief. Yeah. The second book was The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak. A young Jewish girl in Nazi Germany learns to read from stolen books, all while in hiding to save her life. And the third book is Girl Rising, Changing the World, One Girl at a Time by Tanya Lee Stone. And this book follows girls' journeys to education as they confront barriers like child marriage, slavery, sex trafficking, discrimination, and poverty. Those are great choices. Um, Did you come up with those alone, or did you come up with those uh, in partnership or discussion with others, or how did you come up with those choices? When I was talking with the Rotarian I was ta- I was talking about earlier, we had decided on those books. Okay. Well. well, I hope you get a great crowd. Thank you. So do we. I also met with the library this morning, and we put up a couple of posters, and we also started a Facebook ad. So the idea behind the Facebook ad being to attract, uh, I guess, girls of a certain age and see if they're willing to participate in the uh, the challenge at the library? Yes. Okay. Well, I, and we talked about the Rotary. We're, just to be clear, you're talking about the Bainbridge Rotary, correct? Yes. They awarded us with a $2,000 grant earlier this week to defray our cost, and I got to do a presentation at their dinner. Hattie was also there with our families, and Todd Tinker is in charge of youth grants, and he's been really awesome and helpful through this application process. Well, congratulations on that. I'm sure that'll be uh, very helpful, and obviously a partnership with Bainbridge Rotary is it's a great partnership to have. It's a, a wonderful organization, and they've got some really great people in it. I agree. So is there anything else you do differently now that you've started uh, you know, down this path? I mean, what are some of the lessons learned or the best practices that you've uh, come up with since starting this club? 
Well, it's been a challenge to get the other girls to step up and lead, and I have considered assessing where we are on our one-year anniversary to see if it might be better to just become an ASB club at the high school. I also just started clubs in the main Girl Up portal for Port Orchard, Bremerton, Silverdale, and Tolesville to get girls to join and lead it. And once we have members in it, we can register a West Sound Coalition with Girl Up and expand our scope and reach. So by listing the uh, different uh, Girl Up clubs in the main United Nations portal, I guess your plan is to somehow go out there and, I don't know, some type of outreach, whether you're going to be doing ads or some type of events to get them to sign up to these portals. And then if you get enough girls, then you kind of cut it loose and and go back to Bainbridge Island Girl Up. Or, I guess, if you don't get enough girls in those particular clubs, then you kind of shut it down and then focus back on on Bainbridge Island Girl Up. Is that about right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That sounds good. So you go. I mean, you're really kind of going out there and trying to get these uh, girls involved. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we sign off this afternoon? Well, I just joined the operations team for Reinvented Magazine, which is the nation's first print magazine for women and girls in STEM and by women and girls in STEM. And the first issue comes out at the end of this month, and it's based out of Florida, and I'm super excited. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that you should be very excited. Congratulations. I saw some stuff about that on uh, Facebook, and I actually have been uh, seeing some stuff on their site about it. They are trying to get their issue out um, this month, and I think I saw somewhere that they have a pre-sale and that there are three days left for that and uh, gives you the opportunity to order your magazines ahead of time. And then I also saw something about a one-to-one or one-on-one program or something like that where if you buy one for everyone that you buy, then they uh, send a free one to somebody in an underserved area as a way to try to make sure that um, everyone has access to their magazine. So it looks really fun, and I'm really glad that they're doing something like that. So um, why don't you give us some URLs for the magazine? And you did Bainbridge Island Girl Up, but do that again. And then you're on social media? Yes. So the URLs for Reinvents the Magazine and Bay Magellan Girl Up are just the names of each, followed by .com, so keeps it pretty simple. And we have a Facebook page and just started an Instagram account just a few days ago. And both of those are also Bay Magellan Girl Up. We also have a monthly newsletter, and I think you can join from our website. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, uh, thanks for joining us today, Meryl. I, uh, you're you're a rock star. I mean, just keep going, and you know maybe we'll check back with you again and and see how your uh, club is going and and how many more girls you end up getting. Thank you for having me. Well, that's my cue. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. You can listen to this podcast on our website, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM. We'll also upload it back to our Facebook page, which is STR8 Talk Radio. That's Sammy Tommy Roger, the number 8 Talk Radio. This is Donya Keating signing off at about 4.30 Pacific Daylight Time on Thursday, August 8th. See you next time.